Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 130 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry G, only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, Game on the Sea. Hey, Harry. Hey, everyone. Well, well, well. Sadly, again, this week, Pat couldn't join us. Um, sadly, he's a bit sick and was running a few classes this week, so schedule things didn't line up as well as I had um, two exams this week. My last two exams, I should say. Um, so obviously that as well has been a massive clash. But we're here today. Talk a bit about magic. We got some Pioneer to talk about. As it was my last week of exams, obviously I haven't done too much, but I've been reading and watching a lot of the Pioneer format. I've been really liking it. Um, and obviously Gab has been playing Modern. And I think you're going to specifically be breaking down Tanishi Bloom and Murktide, right? Yeah. Talk a bit more about Tanishi Bloom combo. And I've finally picked up Murktide again. It only took... Uh... A new, uh, new busted card to uh, to get me to play the deck, but yeah, it's uh, it's been real good. Awesome, and uh, but as always, you know, before we get into things, the podcast is brought to you by Card Market. For those who don't know what card mar- what Card Market is, it's a website online to buy anything Magic the Gathering related. It can be cards, accessories, deck boxes, play mats. Go check them out; they're insane, and you don't even have to buy Magic the Gathering cards there. You can buy Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh, Flesh and Blood. Um, they have so much to offer. They're the biggest online um, place to go for cards in Europe. Shout out to Card Market. They support the podcast. Make sure that we're here every week. As well as if you personally, if you would personally like to support the podcast, no pressure to do so. Best place to do that is at patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who's been leaving reviews on iTunes or sending us feedback on Twitter. We're really trying to um, work on improving our content, especially with me now finishing with school, going back to full-time magic. We're going to be trying to implement some changes, not in our content, but the way we operate on Twitter and Discord and whatnot. So please keep an eye out for that. And if you could just take your time to leave a review, can be negative if you want. We want to improve our content, then we greatly appreciate that as well. But before we get into the magic content today... Um, I actually think we need to do some sort of public service announcement. For those who don't closely follow Magic Twitter, there have been a lot of um, account breaches lately on the platform, Magic Online specifically. As you know, collections are worth a lot of money. There are people trying to steal that from you. And yes, because there's no two-factor authentication on Magic Online, collections have been being wiped. I know that my friend um, uh, Justin Brickman, as well as... Um, Ethan Gajewski on Twitter have said that their collections have been stolen. What's even worse is they had Mana Traders decks rented at the time, and their Mana Traders decks got stolen as well. So it's like super, super scummy. Um, so yeah, please make sure that your password is appropriate, and we, you know, we don't want you to lose your collection. Well, you got me scared. I think I'm going to go change my password right after the episode. <laughs> well, I think it's very important to be honest because um, I obviously I don't know the the scopes of looking up passwords online, but because Magical Line is so old and changing yeah. your password is so difficult, I feel like a lot of people or a lot of listeners, you know, you most likely have that password that you used when you were whatever early twenties. So. You know, make sure, make sure, no, not don't stress about it too much. I mean, I've only heard two people out of the however many people I know that play Magical and get their thing hacked, but it's still um, more more than zero. So, but yeah, and obviously yeah. you're at more risk if you're tweeting, if your name's out there, mm, people yeah. can 
can try and see if your password, one of your old passwords for your email or stuff has been leaked. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, as well as, I guess the last thing on it is apparently when someone logs into your Magic Online account on a computer that's like far away, apparently they do email you. I believe Ethan Geisky was talking about some email that he received, but if you don't act fast enough, because you can't be logged in on a Magical Line account on two computers, you can kick them out of your account if you can log in. So yeah. let's say worst case scenario, you get the email from Watsy, someone's on your account, log in ASAP, because it'll kick them out, so obviously they can't trade. So that that as well, last resort. Anyways, we're not a password protection podcast, so <laughs> Magic the Gathering, why don't we start off with Modern, as people love that format, Gab. Start us off with whatever you think is best to uh, talk about. Yeah, so I played a bit of Modern. I played Tameshi Bloom in one of the challenges the past weekend, and I tried the version that made top four a couple of weeks ago, and it was Cosmic Sands, and what they decided to do was to go a little more Glass Cannon-like and play four Explorer in the main deck. No Red and Six, no card-like Tracker. They still had the one Omnath. They had one Skyclave Apparition in the main that they could tutor for, but just, you know, Grazer, Explore. They were playing Turn Timber Symbiosis as well. Oh, wow. And you have three copies of that, plus 23 lands. And I tried this version. I thought it was okay. Turn Timber won me a game, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure I like that version that much after all. I think that maybe exploring very small numbers is fine. And same for Turn Timber, but I think your mana gets a little awkward with Turn Timber. It almost never comes up and it, it makes you have a lot of green in your in your deck. Red and Six has also been just extremely strong for me. Not only is it good at just taking over the game on turn two by killing a creature, getting the lands, it combos well with Colossus, make sure that you you never fizzle. And yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that take. Skyclave Apparition has also been awkward for me. It's a fine card, but it's not the easiest to cast sometimes, even though Double White is not that hard to get. Um, but I think my experience is more that if they play a really annoying permanent and you have to tutor for Skyclave, cast the Skyclave, it usually doesn't end up mattering because they just untap, play something else. You've lost a lot of time. You're usually down on mana. And I don't think it's super realistic to 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 really rely on that card, even though it's I guess it's serviceable on its own. You know, I don't think it's awful to play Skyclave. And then the other different thing they did was their sideboard. Their sideboard was totally different. I was playing, you know, like kind of the original version. And most players, I was playing a silver bullet sideboard. A lot of creatures you can get with Skull, like Kataki, or maybe a few perns you can get with Wargate. And they were just playing four white ley lines, four ley line of the void, four, four black ley line, four white ley line, four defense grid. And cool. then they still had the the one Deputy of Detention, one Meddling Mage, and one Lavinia as kind of hate bears. And you know me, not a big fan of Ley Lines. I'm not sure it's that great, especially Ley Line of the Void when you have access to a card like Endurance that you can tutor for. Seems kind of sketchy to me. And White Ley Line, actually, I think I ended up maybe keeping one as a 
you know, it's it's a decent card. It's okay against Burn, can be okay against Discard and whatnot. Maybe against Graveyard Hit. The defense grid I thought was pretty cool. Not a ton of room in your sideboard, but uh, what I liked about defense grid is that it combos with Tameshi. It's actually a cheap artifact you can bring back. So that part was was pretty cool. But overall, not super impressed by by Explore and by Turn Timber. I went back to kind of my own version. Um, you know, they were also playing the two finale of Devastation, and I am still not a fan. I still like the Footfall Creator approach, just super minimalist, you know, uh, have as few clunky cards as, as possible. And I think if I was playing the deck right now, I would just play a bunch of Prismatic Endings, a bunch of Ren and Six, and, you know, maybe one or two Grazer, one or two Explore. You know, if, if you think Birds of Paradise is better than Grazer, I think that's fine too. Um, the, the one card I was really impressed by, though, is Ottawara. I, uh, I'm playing a second one now. That card's been really strong. If you look at Living End lists, uh, everyone plays two. I was super skeptical. You know, I'm a pretty big fan of clean and not too greedy mana base. And I was like, two legendary land and 19 land deck. But every time I play against Living End, Ottawara is awesome for them. And even games I win, I'm like, okay, I'm, I win this game unless they have Ottawara, you know? So, yeah, that, that, card's, that card's been real good. Um, I still think the deck is fine. I don't think it's busted or anything, but uh, I think it's a solid deck. It's a fun deck to play. I know a lot of my viewers have picked it up, ordered the deck, are playing it, done kind of well with it as well. And it's pretty versatile. It's, you know, you get to play some powerful cards. You have a cool combo. You can also win some grindy games. So, yeah. Hmm. Makes sense, I guess. I really like the idea of Turn Timber sim uh, Symbiosis because, um, what is it? Specifically, I guess you bounce it with Tameshi, right? Yeah. Uh, that yeah, makes no sense. No, these lands go up in value, right? Um, triumphs. You don't need a ton of triumphs for mana consistency, but it doesn't hurt in this deck. You don't have a ton of turn one plays. So you don't get punished too much. Especially with like Grazer and Explorer, you get to put them into play at some point. And it's a decent triumph deck because, as you said, down the line in grindy games, sometimes you bounce the triumph and cycle it. Same for turn timber. Mm. The issue is that you're, you're adding lands and... Your mana is a lot awkward, you know, you do have a Nomnaf in your deck. If you're playing Skyclave, you do have a Skyclave. So well, I've definitely gotten burned, I think, maybe a bit more by having all these turn timbered. And, it, you know, I think it won me one game maybe. And I felt like overall I maybe got a little more punished than not. But it was, it's cool, you know, it's a card people play in, in Amulet Titan as well. Yeah. So makes sense. I am... Am I right in that you cannot put Turn Timber symbi Symbiosis into play with Cultivator Colossus? Yeah, you cannot. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because obviously it's a spell on the front on the front half rather than a land. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, I mean, um, what is it? That reminds me a lot of when I was playing Blue Moon. I played a one of, of the, um, the red land that is a put the cards from your hand on the bottom and draw that many plus one. Oh, what's yeah. it called? Valakut something. Yeah, Valakut's Awakening, that's it, yeah. Because that specifically reminds me of how I used Cryptic Command to counterbalance that in the late game and then cycle all my lands away. 
So that's oh, a re- yeah. really, really cool innovation. I really like that. But yeah, I, I understand what you mean by the fact of that. I feel like now that people know the combo, you lose this, you know, surprise factor. Because when I first saw you play a league, there were just pe- uh, people just doing the most random plays, conceding when you don't have a kill with the combo with Tameshi. And yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of crazy. But you also make a good point. Something that I didn't really realize is that really your sideboard could put more art you know these weird specific artifacts like defense grid like you said returning it from the graveyard and i didn't even kind of realize that if you have a hate card that's an artifact they can destroy it but you can just return it yeah exactly you can return it it's really cool with storm of script for instance Ooh, that's nuts i did not think about that and i actually like playing mishra's bubble in that deck it's really hard to find the the space for it mm. but having one or two bubbles it plays well with your fetch land and it gives you that critical mass of artifacts so that you know in games where you don't have lotus bloom you can maybe still run a tamishi out there bring back a bubble and you know if, if they end up killing your tamishi you're up two cards mm. just from that interaction but it was interesting that you mentioned colossus and turn timber because it did feel like this version i was str- it was a little closer than I would want, you know, when I played a Colossus. Uh, I, I, w- I felt like I didn't have as many lands. The fact that you have less quote-unquote real lands and that you don't have red and six, so you don't, you don't get to like rebuy a bunch of lands in the early game and always have plenty of lands when you play Colossus. I think in the end I was fine most of the time, but it, it wasn't as comfortable as was the, the red and six version. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Dang. Yeah, so I think I think I played a cha- I can't even remember. Oh, no, I didn't play a challenge last weekend. I was busy testing both days for the championship. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I did play some leagues, and yeah, I think that's fine. What I have played since, you know, decklist for you on Sunday night, so spent the weekend testing standard and historic, and on Monday I went back to modern, and I, finally I decided to, uh, to play Murktide because... I was going through prelims list and I saw the young dingoes list was shredder in it, no DRC. And yeah, people were like, I don't remember what, what happened exactly. But I was like, basically I decided to play Murktide. So I, I've played free league of Murktide with Ledger Shredder in it. And Shredder is just amazing to the surprise of no one really, even though people did think that maybe, you know, you already had DRC. So you really need the extra loot effect and, you know, is it is it not too many creatures? Is it not too much of the same? And mm. so far, I would say no. I would say that card is just better than DRC, and which sounds kind of crazy. Better. But yeah, that, that card's, I think that card's been obscene for me, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, so what Young Dingo did is he cut the DRC to make room. Mm-hmm. And I played a, a, a league with his exact list and uh, I trophied, but I felt like, you know, you still probably wanted a few extra one drops. So what I did was I cut a, the Force Ragavan, I added two DRCs, I also cut the third Murktide, added Ledger number four, he only had three, and I was just so impressed by that card, I added the fourth. Wow. And, you know, I tweaked the number a bit. He had a chase in the main deck. I think that card's just too expensive and it's greedy. I think you're just better off playing more charms or serum vision or literally anything you know maybe if you want to have one in your sideboard for blue white control it's fine uh it's also kind of okay in the mirror but yeah 
that, that card was, was not super good for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, Merktide was, you know, arguably already the best deck in the format or, you know, top three deck in the format. And I feel like with Ledger Shredder, it, it might just, you know, take it to that next level, you know, almost tier, tier zero deck in the format. Wow, that's scary. But I, I think that Ledger, Ledger Shredder has also been doing a lot of work in Pioneer. Like, it, to me, it's a really powerful card. But what's interesting to me is I feel like in Pioneer, and I, I want to know if it's the same in Modern, is that I'm scared to cast two spells. I'm scared to cast two spells. I don't really mind if my opponent casts two spells. But the problem is, is that a Ledger Sledger deck in Pioneer is designed to cast two spells a turn. So if I'm casting two spells as well, I'm accelerating their next turn. Is this similar in modern? Oh is yeah, your for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, definitely, definitely happens a lot. You know, in the mirror, it's going to happen all the time. Even against living, and you know, it can come up that the turn to cast living in that's like two spells on its own. So it lets you maybe discard a, a creature. You know, in in close games, obviously, if they have a huge graveyard and they're blowing you out, it's not like the the loot, the extra loot that's going to gonna make a difference but if they feel pressured and they feel like they have to go fast it, it can it can make a difference and yeah i feel like honestly they should have either i i feel i don't know what's gonna happen to the card we'll see and you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm i'm overhyping the card and it's just murktide that's as good as it's always been and hmm. lighter shredder doesn't make that big of a difference but i think it does and i feel like they're maybe gonna wish that they had worded it as you know, either whenever you cast your second spell each turn, it triggers, or whenever a player casts their second spell on your turn, it triggers. Mm. But the fact that it's either player on either turn, that's like a little too much, I think. Yeah, I do think... Yeah. And then th this is the most common thing with busted magic cards, right? It's always like, oh, if you change one word, it's it's okay. You know, I think the card is really, really powerful, though, and I've I've liked everything I've seen about it. But um, one thing that I guess I want to know play pattern-wise is if I was to pick up Murktide, how important is it, do you think, to pump up the Shredder? Because one thing in Pioneer is that, um, you know, do you prioritize the counters or making sure that you have, like... Do you see what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, How important yeah, is it yeah. to pump the shredder, basically, is the question. I'm going to give you everyone's favorite answer. It depends, you know. It depends on your <laughs> hand. depends on the yeah. game. depends on the matchup. Are you worried about something like a lightning bolt? Are you racing? Is the extra damage actually going to be relevant? I would say rule of thumb, prioritize your hand, you know, mm -hmm. keeping the right cards full for your game plan. But obviously, every, every spot is going to be all different. It's, it's kind of gross, right? Lightning bolt being one of the most played removal that... If you just play a shredder and you have mana up for consider or something, you know, in removal, you know, if they try to bolt it, all you have, all you need is a spell in response and discarding a spell to the connive ability, and you know, mm. it's out of a out of lightning bolt range. Yeah. So, yeah, the deck's just been awesome. You know, people are trying to to figure out what what the best build is. Was shredder? Are you supposed to cut Ragavan or cut? Chandler or cut some Merktide or just play a ton of creatures. And I think it's probably somewhere in between. What I would recommend right now is still play 304 Ragavan, still play some number of Chandler, you know, between, you know, maybe two or three Chandlers, 
play the four shredders, play maybe two Merc Tide, maybe three. Mm. And, um, you know, Aspiring Spike had th had this theory, like if you cut Ragavan, then basically all your creatures have evasion. So you, you nullify kind of ground blockers, but I feel like Ragavan really shines in the matchups where they don't have grind blockers. You know, if you have turn one Ragavan against Living In or against Tron, or, you know, you're on the play against someone who's playing a little too fair and you just go Ragavan removal, doesn't, doesn't matter. So I think Ragavan's a little too good still, and I feel like it wins a too many games to, to, to go that extreme. But I'm also not convinced that, you know, you should cut all the channelers because you want to keep the curve low. Just having any one mana spell really with Shredder is is important. So even even a channeler, you know, that counts as a one mana spell on turn three, turn four, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, and that one's kind of obvious, but if you have Shredder and Bubble in your opening hand, you, you, you know, unless you have a second Bubble, you always want to keep Bubble. And I had that draw a lot and that was that was pretty good. Do so you yeah, know? Do you not find it extremely scary that a card designed for standard has essentially almost <laughs> ruined a card designed for modern in modern, right? Chandler was designed for modern, but you're telling me here like, ah, oh, I don't think it's as good as Shredder now. What was Shredder designed for, right? Was it for standard or is this, you know, I'm, 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 I'm nervous. What, what is this saying for the future? I think it's actually <laughs> genius, honestly. You think? If you think about it, I think that's the ideal card, right? A card that's like fine and standard, maybe good, maybe average, maybe, you know, even very good, but not standard breaking. And then mm. somehow the way it works, make it better in older formats. You know, you have a few cards like that that just actually are not that great in standard, but shine in older format. Even just a card like Spell Pierce. You know, Spell, Spell Pierce is fine and standard, but typically maybe, you know, Standard games go longer, Spell mm. Pierce goes dead more often, whereas in Vintage, you know, people are all playing a bunch of Fluster Storm. I don't know if they play actual Spell Pierce, but... Yeah, I get you know, what you're so saying. I, in a way, I think it's really cool, actually, that they managed to, you know, shift, ch bring a change to Modern and Pioneer with new Standard cards without breaking Standard. I think that's the ideal scenario. That's, now, is yeah. Shredder too strong for Modern? That's another question, but... Yeah, I true. think if they can somehow do that, that's actually, you know, ideally if they could do that every set, they wouldn't even need stuff like Modern Horizon or, you know, specific sets. Yeah, okay, that changes my perspective on it. That's that's a good point. Uh, Twitch chat says uh, Fatal Push. That also makes yeah, a lot of sense. other examples. Fatal Push, Expressive Iteration is also a card at a... Oh, I, I guess I gotta I gotta spoil a bit. Uh, it's not saying much, but we're I'm actually playing blue and red in uh, in in standard in the championship, mm -hmm. and I'm not playing expressive iteration Ooh. in my deck. So a card that you would you know as as soon as you play blue red in modern pioneer, even standard, most of the time you you're, you're always going to try and play four iterations, and you know standard is different because the spells are more expensive, so iteration is not as good and Damn. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's cool if if that happens, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Even I think it's a good thing actually. Them, yeah, dang. Do you um play a brazen borrower in your list? I do. I'm not a fan of brazen borrower, but I must say it's been extremely serviceable. It's nice in the mirror to balance. You know, it's your only out to merc tide in game one, unless you can unholy hit or kill it. 
it's just good. It's kind of cool with Shredder to its, you know, huh, two yeah. spell in one. So so that part is nice. It's it just plays out well in the deck. I've been happy with the one. It's a you know, it's a deck, Murktide, you see so many cards, it's a bit like, you know, Phoenix and Historic or a bunch of decks like that. You see, you know, all these Dragon Ray Chandler deck, you see so many cards. So having one of that effect is 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 kind of nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Damn. I can't I can't believe that the shell of Murktide might be about to change. Depending yeah. on what people do with Shredder, I, I honestly never would have predicted that they would move away from four Chandler, four Ragavan, four t four Murktide. But you're convincing me. I mean, logically yeah, I mean, speaking, you cast so many spells. Yeah, and and maybe people will 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 go back to it and play you know more creatures, play the the eight one drops and the four Shredder, and maybe like maybe not four Murktide, but maybe three. Or I think uh, my guess is you want kind of a balance, you know, mix. You don't want too many creatures. Um, but yeah, if you look at the list that made top eight uh, in in past weekend challenges, not a ton of Murktide actually. There was only there was none on Saturday, I think, and two on Sunday, and they both had uh, Shredder in their list. You know, mm -hmm. the the actually the winner of the Sunday challenge Trist had two Shredders. Not a person who made top eight had also two. And you know, I think it's maybe the kind of card at first people are like, okay, I'll try two, but yeah, I think you're I, I'm. Right now, I'd definitely play four. Maybe I'll change my mind playing the deck more. Maybe I'll start, you know, past the honeymoon phase, and uh, I'll I'll start, you know, maybe I was just running hot, and it it didn't even matter that it was Shredder or DRC. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think that card is probably going to be a four. I mean, it just lets you catch up. It grows. It's annoying. It's just amazing in the Mary too, because as you said, it this is one of the matchups where it's going to trigger twice a lot. So. I guess, I guess. On also asking, how relevant are the channel lands in standard? Because they also have a huge had a huge impact on almost every format. In standard, the channel lands are nothing too too special. You know, Buseju is Buseju is pretty serviceable because you've got wedding announcement, you've got the runes deck, the. The the black land is maybe a bit better in standard because the format's a little slower, so you actually mm. have time to use it. Yeah, um, I'd say Sokenzine is maybe worse in standard because you don't have cards like Ragman you want to block. You don't have a ton of one toughness creatures, mm. so I guess it depends. I, I would guess some of them are better, mm -hmm. the white and the black ones specifically, and then maybe the other ones are worse because Auto War is is amazing in in modern. I must say, I. Uh, I was talking about it earlier. I keep getting blown out by Auto War out of Living End. Yeah, I, I have I have had my fair share of blowouts. I I, I was uh, I was gonna ask when you're talking about Tamishi not to kind of deviate from Merktide. Is that I was wondering how Besaju works in the format because I I haven't actually really played with Besaju in Modern and like what because obviously I, to me the only thing I'm thinking is Urza Saga, but. And I guess Blood Moon. Yeah, well, Basaju kind of single-handedly uh, drove out Charvelcher for once, the Charvelcher combo deck. Yeah. And I've loved the card in four-color Omnath in a deck like, t t um, you know, Tameshi Bloom. I had the one in the main, and I had Ren, but you can't play too many because then the mana gets kind of 
dead and it was kind of the same in omniath uh, most places i think play two i used to play one in the main and then up to four in the sideboard depending on the week i either had two extra copies in the sideboard or three extra copies in the sideboard cards also decent against hammer time so oh yeah of course hammer time yeah it was funny because i made um for those who don't follow me follow me on twitter i made some meme tweet because they just announced like new arts of renin six and i made a I don't know exactly what I said, but I said something along the lines of um, Watsy's newest statement on why Renin 6 is still legal and modern. And it got quite a lot of attention. But what was really funny to me is that a lot of the replies, I think I got like three or four replies of people saying like, Renin 6 is going to be banned because of how many people are getting locked out by Renin 6 plus Beseju. And I was just like, what? Because yeah. no, that's not even a lock. Because Beseju has no. get any... It's not like Ghost Quarter. And also, Ghost Quarter lock was already a quote-unquote thing with Renin 6. So I don't know how Besage lock is somehow, you know, breaking the format. So I was just like, oh. and it doesn't even hit basic lands, right? It's only non-basic? Yeah, it's non-basic, and you can get, you know, you can get, as you said, Triumphs, Shock Lands. But it is really strong against Amulet Titan. You know, Renin 6 plus Besage is... Mm. Super strong against Amulet Titan, against Monogreen Tron. Obviously against Charmature, but no one plays that deck anymore. So there are a few decks that really, really suffer from it. That makes sense. And, and, um... Oh, that makes so much sense, because you just besage you the... You can besage you the Bounce Land in response to the Untap. You can just besage you the Amulet. You can besage you the Dryad. Oh, wow, yeah. okay, yeah, besage is really good, damn. Yeah, I think your best target is the Bounce Land. That's what I'm most excited about getting because it's it slows them down so much. Mm -hmm. And if they don't kill you really fast, then they only play you know two or three basics, so you can run them out pretty fast. Wow. Okay, dang. So, but sorry to completely derail the Murktide talk, but that that makes a lot of sense. I actually was talking to a Murktide player about the mirror, um, my friend um, Sergio, and. He said that the most important thing in the mirror is to not sack his Relic of Progenitus. Like, he mm. said that what you do is you just sit there and you just tap it forever. If you can, obviously, sometimes you run out of cards. And you just make sure they never have a graveyard. Is there... I, I really suck at the Murktide mirror. Is there any, like, generic play pattern that you think people miss? Uh, I've played the Suffrage Free Leagues recently... And you know, past few days, and I've played the mirror three or four times. I, I won them all. I only lost once to Living In, and one of the games I threw. Mm -hmm. And I think the matchup kind of plays out a bit like a control matchups in some ways, mm -hmm. depending depending on the games. I was doing stuff like it's not. I mean, if you're used to playing against Merc Tide with other decks, it's a little bit of the same concepts. You know, it's. A lot of time you're gonna to want to not play into counterspell. You you know the worst pattern is you jam when they have two mana up on turn two into their counterspell and then they attack and then they untap and get to go iteration something and then you untap and you've got nothing to punish them you know so you definitely want to avoid that and it's tough because it takes some discipline and it's not always clear it's you know it's still like they could just not have counterspell. But, mm -hmm. you know, typically I was doing stuff like not play my Shredder on two because they can have Counterspell. They can even just have a Lightning Bolt. Just say go with my mana up. 
And sometimes even when I didn't have counterspell, you know, I would just say go with two mana up with no play, just because at least if they, you know, A, they might be scared and not cast their iteration, and B, if they do cast their iteration, at least I have a follow-up. You know, I could untap and go Shredder plus Opt or something along these lines. So there's a bit of that. And yeah, I would say it's it's uh, in some ways a little similar to control mirror matches, you know, and tax their mana at the right time, make them tap mana at the right time, try to keep a threat to be able to punish them when they tap out. And uh, for the relic, for the relic thing, I'm not sure. I was actually trying out the hearse, the new uh, oh, I love new that vehicle, yeah. and that card was it was really good for me against living in, like much better than relic. But in the mirror match, I'm not too sure. I was actually playing one hearse in the main in my last league and two more in the sideboard just to try and draw it more and see how good it could be. And mm-hmm. I had the one relic. And I mean, I could see it. Relic, you know, Murktide is a big threat in, in the mirror and making their unholy heat not have delirium is important. So I, I agree. I mean, I would agree, you know, if you can afford to never sack your relic. Uh, yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Okay, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Is there um anything else in particular in modern that you wanted to to comment on? No, just uh, you know, maybe talk a bit about the you know, the, the rest of the build of Murktide. You know, I've, I've been playing the, the one spell peers, the eight one mana removal spells, the nineteen lands, the four counter spells, a couple of charm. And uh sideboard it was I mostly kept young dingo's sideboard. I think it was pretty well rounded. I had some disputes, some dress down, some fluster storm, some graveyard hate, some explosives. I had the one copy of Fury. The one thing I did change, and I thought I thought it was a good change, is I cut the second subtlety and I added a Blood Moon to my sideboard. I think you might even want two Blood Moons. I think that card's still pretty strong and it's won me a bunch of games. Um so yeah, but no, uh deck's awesome. It's a ton of fun to play. Highly, highly recommend, you know. Yeah, that make that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Overall, how 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 um, I feel like we never truly give a midweek meta game. What is what is the actual meta game look like of modern right now? Would you say if I was to play a league, ton of Merc Tide. I think you should expect to play. I mean, I'm I might be biased because I'm literally gonna just talk about what I played against in my last <laughs> weeks. But I played against Living in three times. I think I played the Mirror three times. Okay. So you know, I would expect typically on five match league, I would expect to play Murktide at least against Murktide at least once against Living in at least once, and then pass these two decks. Um, you know, maybe you know Yogmoth uh, once. Uh, maybe some kind of Omnav deck ones, and then uh, I don't know, you know, Hammer Town. It's 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 kind of the same, but uh, yeah, there's a ton of Living End in the leagues. I think it might have to do with the fact that Living End's a really strong deck and a really fast deck as well. So I think maybe some of the people who grind Magic Online for profit, you know, for 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 a living sometimes, or you know, in some of the countries where cost of life is not as expensive um living in is a great deck for that because it's just so good and you can get easily a league done in like an hour and a half that makes sense yeah living end is 
really fast decks are what I love to play on Magic Online right now because you just grind tickets and it's really quick. Um, and yeah. I also love I aggro drop sometimes because you just like you can um, easily five zero, as well as it's not that time consuming. But um, should I hop into Pioneer? Yeah, I believe you also wanted to fo focus on Major Shredder, actually. Yeah, so um, I guess to quickly give an update on green, because I actually did change my list. Whoa. Um, only one card, but it's a sideboard card uh, for Karn, which is very relevant. I actually am playing Unlicensed Hurst. Or Unlicensed Hurst. Uh, wait, how do you... What's it called? Unlicensed Hurst, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm playing one of those in my sideboard. I really like it. Um, a big problem that we were having against um, blue-red decks is that obviously they play Treasure Cruise as well as Dig Through Time decks. You just slowly eat away at their graveyard. And, um, you know, you just chip away at their graveyard through the game. You're building up a massive threat and you swing in. Can potentially block a thing in the ice down the line if you're, you know, building up really big. Um... But that's about it for green. I still love green. I still play it a ton. Um, going into actually what I want to talk about this week in Pioneer, though, is that I believe that one of the new top contenders in the format is Esper Greasefang, or just Greasefang in general. Um, there was a list by Misasabi who came 22nd on the Sunday Pioneer Challenge this week. Um, he isn't playing the list that I personally would go for with Esper Greasefang, but the... Um, innovation is obviously playing Ledger, Led oh, I can't pronounce these cards, Ledger Shredder, as well as Tainted, Tainted Indulgence, oh my gosh, so you know what Ledger Shredder does, but the Tainted Indulgence is the, uh, blue-black, draw two cards, and then discard a card, unless there are five or more mana values among cards in your graveyard, so typical list that I've been playing against with green Play four Charter Course, four Tainted Indulgence, no Stitcher Supplier, because what the deck used to do is kind of like high roll Parhelion into the graveyard for Greasefang by using Stitcher Supplier and like the um, the spell that sacrifices an artifact or creature, makes a treasure and draws two cards. I thought it was super clunky, inconsistent, you know, almost RNG style um, game plan, whereas now with 4 chart, 4 tainted indulgence, you can play more of a control plan, because I've been playing against so many bloody spell pierces, it's annoying, I think I said on the podcast when I first kind of got into green, the thing that we're afraid of the most as green players is spell pierce, we're always tapping out to zero, even most of the time, when you assemble the combo, you're, you're, you're mostly tapping out to zero, so spell pierce is super good, I keep playing against these decks where they hold up Spell Pierce if I do nothing. They Tainted Indulgence, Discard Parhelion, Untap, Grease Fang, Bash. Um, I think it's a really consistent game plan. They've really streamlined the deck now, as well as obviously Ledger Sledger. Oh my gosh, Ledger Shredder can dump their Parhelion as well, so you got way more looting effects. So I personally believe that Esper Grease Fang and Grease Fang in general, they're becoming more streamlined making it less luck-based in in self-mill, and I'm uh, now afraid of this deck. I To be honest, the literal path of Esper Greasefang, in my opinion, is similar to Hammer Time. You know, before Urza Saga was around, Hammer Time was that um, 
saffron olive deck you know what i mean like the meme deck yeah. and then now it's a thing obviously it's way faster than that but i thought grease fang was kind of a meme-ish deck but now it's actually like a, a proper threat as well as i think the most important thing is that um ledger shredder makes karn not as good anymore because with green before you would put Karn on the table, and then you would just chump all their ground attackers, right? Because the Grease Fang doesn't have flying. All the Stitcher Suppliers and the... I think it's... It's the red one drop that pings for one and makes a blood token, that one. You yeah. know, you just chump everything, and the Karn lives. Whereas now, you play a Karn, you minus for Tormod's Crypt. You crypt their first Parhelion. They kill it with Ledger, Ledger Shredder. And then... um. They just loot away and get a Parhelion and kill you. It, it's actually a very common um, play pattern. I think that green was stopping Grease Fang from being very good. Now they've solved the green matchup and made it actually cl close to 50-50, if not favored. Um, that it's it's a very, very good deck. I mean, it only came 22nd, but I've I've actually been playing against this deck quite quite a bit in leagues. Yeah. In that specific specific spot, can't you just plus the Karn and they can't crew, right? Yeah, if so you, have... you can plus the Karn, but you, you get into... Like, I completely agree. That's what you're you meant to do. You Karn plus and then hope they don't do anything. But they also play... Um, uh, why, why didn't it work? It it, mm -hmm. it it does work, but because obviously Karn shuts off the crewing of the Parhelion. But I guess just having the flying attacker is really inconvenient. You yeah. you, can, you have things like Cavalier to block and stuff. Like it's not impossible to beat them. But I yeah. feel like, um, you know, it's just it's really difficult. I I I, I feel like it's way it's more difficult than in the past, right? Because in the past you just chump everything and your Karn lives. And they they do nothing and die. You boat the Grease Fang and then they lose. But yeah. Now, now it's now it's way more um, streamlined, and I think yeah. that that's the the huge problem. Yeah, it's kind of like expressive iteration 2.0 in some ways. You know, it just makes every deck that can play it so much more consistent. Cards so well rounded. It blocks. It can attack. It loots. Mm -hmm. Can trigger multiple times a turn. Yes, does so so much at so little cost, and cards just totally totally busted. Yeah, and and um, they even have the extra technology in the sideboard of Sky Sovereign, and the big problem there is, is that, uh, Karn obviously shuts off an artifact activation, but there are a lot of spots where, you reanimate Sky Sovereign, ping the Karn for three, you maintain priority, you crew it and can attacks if the Karn dies, obviously. Yeah. So, the the deck is I think that now the deck is decent. People are actively trying to make it better because there are way more people playing it. Sky Sovereign isn't new tech, but I mean in general. And that's what's made me so afraid of this deck, and I think that it was important to share because you lot are gonna be playing against it. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be true in, you know, every format. Any blue deck that can reasonably play Shredder is probably gonna try to play Shredder and likely gonna make these decks better. Yeah. It's funny. I've actually played against a mono green deck, splashing blue for a ledger shredder no. and hydroid crazy. Yeah, you're kidding, really? I'm not. Yeah, do not play hydroid crazy. Do not splash blue for hydroid crazy. You play storm the festival in your deck. You're making so many bad hits, right? <laughs> like, imagine storming into hydroid crazy and ledger shredder. I think you're probably losing that game. 
So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I think that you shouldn't overcomplicate things, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely really good. And I think as well as blue, mono blue spirits, or just, you know, the old mono blue standard deck, but more spirits base is <laughs> easily one of the top decks right now. Like it, it's, it, 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 I think it's potentially getting better than green, um, because I, I don't know why, I can't really explain why, but I just play against it all the time. Everyone's playing against it. I see Pascal Maynard here in sixth place with Mono Blue Spirits in the ch same challenge as Mississaubi. I'm, I'm getting afraid of that deck, but I th guess that's why Rakdos Midrange is becoming so popular. Because what's Rakdos Midrange good at doing? Killing things. So, um... That's good for green, because Rakdos Midrange is green's best matchup. And you can slowly see the metagame changing now. Because before, I was saying, oh, it's green, blue, red, and Winota. Whereas now I feel like everyone's kind of slowly balancing out. Because um, I thought green was tier 0 in the format when no one was playing Aethergust. And then now I literally get Aethergust in almost every sideboard game against a blue deck. Um, so, yeah, I've been really loving Pioneer. I think that if you have um, not a lot of time on your hands, Pioneer's a really fast and fun format. Even if you're playing a slow deck like Rakdos Midrange, um, you, you're you playing against really fast decks, you know? Even con controlish decks go quite fast, and that's what I like about the format. I don't know about the health of the format, but I think that the fact that it is so fast, almost not vintage level fast, but it feels like that. You know what I mean? You don't mind that it's degenerate because it's so fast, In I would say. Um, and that's why I really love Pioneer. Do, do you have any sort of questions about the format? No, I was just going through the lists and I saw, uh, trying to see who was actually using the Shredder. And I actually saw in, in the one the one top eight, more Virtuoso, it's the new uh, Double Strike creature. Also a creature was Connive, I believe. And uh, people have been using that in the, um, what's it called? The oh, the Feather or, Decks. The Feather Decks, yeah, exactly. Oh, have, I did you, see have that. You, have, you played, have you played against these decks at all of the screen, the, the Feather Decks? Yeah, so I think that um, Green has two horrendous matchups, and that is Feather and Spirits. But these were matchups that we rarely saw in leagues. Like when I, when um, Cherry and I were playing like one or two leagues a day, we'd play it against me maybe every other day. So you know maybe play one in four leagues. But now everyone's playing it. It's, I think I think that Feather is the worst matchup for Green because you don't really have removal. The only removal I have is Sky Sovereign and um, uh, Voracious Hydra which are both things that lose to combat tricks. And what is, what is Feather? It's all combat tricks. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm very afraid of this deck. You have no interaction. You're casting something on turn four. Well, they're attacking you for a ton on turn three. Your Planeswalkers never stick around. Turn two, Kiora isn't that effective against them. It's so many things. They can attack through your trolls. Um, I'm very afraid of this deck, as well as they play That's It, God's Willing, I mean, my whole deck is green. You pump yeah. up one Donny, you God's willing it, and then you just get in for a ton of damage. So, yeah, I would say I I would say I'd rather play against spirits because spirits can't beat a resolved cavalier most of the time. They have like a couple brazen borrowers at best, or maybe a couple unsummons. But um, 
Boros aggro can beat the trolls, beat the cavaliers. You have to have this really fast um, combo we draw and hope that they don't have a lot, which is, you know, a lot to ask for. And that's why I would say that Feather is really bad for green and then spirits. But um, yeah. I really like, I really like the idea behind this because let's be real um things like um it, it's almost like a bogles deck right and everyone's kind of doing their own thing and what do you want to do is everyone's doing their own thing i mean punish people for not playing removal you know yeah. so it, it makes a lot of sense yeah no i agree it's actually funny they don't play feather in the main deck the, the two the two are realists <laughs> i found anyways it's yep. so streamlined now it's just one and two drops and all the spells that one list has a couple of feather in the sideboard, but yeah. yeah. And I, and, and over the two top eights, I found a couple players playing shredder. One is blue, red prowess shredder. And the other person was just playing shredder in the, the Phoenix deck. So not, mm. not completely taking over pioneer yet, even though uh, probably going to see them a lot in blue, red decks. And as for grease fang, other decks, no, no shredder in spirit seater makes sense. It's, it is yeah. not a spirit. It is a, a bird advisor. I actually had a cool bird deck in, I think it was in Historic, maybe. So maybe I'll have to revisit that, see if I can uh, jank it up with some some bird action. <laughs> I, I think that um, there is more Shredder in Leagues than in the Challenge. Because the Pioneer Challenge always has, like, a ton of decks. Whereas I, I honestly feel like I've played against Shredder so much. I... I don't know how well it fits into blue-red control because you're leaning in on Thing in the Ice, but in Phoenix, it makes a ton of sense. Oh, this list in fifth place actually doesn't even play Thing in the Ice in the main or the sideboard. So replacing Thing in the Ice entirely, I mean, honestly, that, that to me, logically speaking, kind of makes sense because... Um, the, I think thin the, Thing in the Ice is only very, very good against Winota and Green. Yeah. yeah. And Ledger, Ledger Shredder is way way better against these decks that are attacking you because obviously they can't they can't fully attack if they're losing creatures. So yeah, I like it. And it's obviously faster. You get you get more damage in. Yeah, I I, I respect the choice. It makes sense to me. Um overall though I guess my metagame breakdown of the Pioneer format, because you did modern I would say that green, Winota, and blue-red still, while they may not be, like, you know, top-top as they used to be, they're the three most-played decks, and then I see a lot of spirits. Um, Feather, I don't see as much, but uh, um, what is it? I have been seeing Greasefang and these, like, Mardu, black Reddy builds of Greasefang, um, as well as Esper Greasefang as well. I don't think I've missed anything out there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a pretty good... Oh, no, 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 I have. Um, mono Red. Mono Red, actually, as well. I see a lot of Mono Red. Very, very popular in the format. I'm not sure why. I don't think it's the best deck in the world. I think it's okay. But, yeah, I would I would put those. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say Mono Red isn't, isn't the best in the world. I, I've, I have played a bit of it, and I, I'm, I wasn't too impressed. But I do think it's way more consistent than, than it used to be. Yeah. I was a little disappointed at the lack of five crawl and if, but yeah, I see a lot of, a lot of spirits, a lot of decks that don't seem that fun to play against. Honestly, these, uh, 
Yeah. The pro the the, um, the heroic decks playing in spirits usually pretty <laughs> miserable. Yep. I don't know. I'll see once I start. I should maybe stop hating on Pioneer without playing it. Cause... I I think what I like about it is it's an it's an F six format. I feel like I click F six the most in this mm. format. You know, just cast your spells, attack F six F six. Cast yeah. your spells, attack F six F six. And you can play decks that don't F six, but that's to me what I really really like. <laughs> I've been editing YouTube videos in between in between in games because. You just get so much spare time of people combo go, combo go. That's what I feel like five years like. Everyone just combo then says go. So that's incapable <laughs> yeah. of double tasking. Yeah. I've been loving the the modern the play of modern matchups, honestly. The the play patterns, I think it's fun. I think the games are fun and interesting. And I guess the decks I've been playing are really cool. You know, blue red murktide's a really fun deck to play. Four color decks are pretty pretty fun to play. Some decks I have found not too fun to play. I actually played a bit of Reanimator, Esper Reanimator. I built my own list, kind of a fair-ish list. You know, it didn't have the ephemerate aspect to it. I did want to try Shredder in it, and that card was really good there as well. I was playing a couple JVP, which is which was also good for me, but it was more like old school Reanimator. You know, just discard spells, discard outlets. I was playing four Archons plus plus a couple, you know, Sarah Messeri or Titan of Industry. I think maybe Sarah Messeri is the, the best creature you can play after Archons. And that deck was okay, but it was it was just not very fun to have to grind through the hate, you know. Mm. It's it's kind of, I don't know if exhausting is a word, but it's not the most fun play pattern. It is a nice challenge, I guess, to try and... I was piecing wins together with Shredder and my sideboard Voidwalkers and kind of racing, but you know, a bit a bit like Living End. Living End's a really powerful deck, but just trying to beat Graveyard Aid is not always the, the most fun play patterns, I guess, as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, that makes sense. Okay, well, that's that's kind of me for um for Pioneer. Um, yeah. Is there anything else magic related you want to get into, or? Yeah, I want to get a tiny bit into testing. You know, oh, there's yeah, a championship on, this weekend. We had to submit a standard deck list and a historic deck list. I didn't reveal too too much. I said that you know, in one of the formats, we had something a little new, and I, we had a pretty big testing team. I think in both formats, we're playing three different decks total. You know, three different decks in standard and three different decks in historic. I think so not not the greatest consensus on like one day that's solely busted but i'm i'm happy ish with the decks i think they're fine what one is something that maybe people haven't seen a ton what else have i revealed uh i've revealed that i'm playing unlicensed hearse actually in one of the formats i don't know it came up and i figured it's not a big deal to uh you hmm. know and then uh yeah, it's been it's been interesting testing. I think it should make for a good tournament. The standard the standard format is is quite fun. I think the the games are cool and it should be it should be interesting. Historic, I think the format might not change a ton, but I feel like the the, the games are still interesting, even though it might be a lot of the same same decks. Even though I did I did see Mangucci tweet that. 
he thought it would be the same old, same old for historic, and he thought a lot had changed. So I'm a little worried. We we just you know maybe missed something big, but I guess I guess we'll find out in a few days. Hmm. Dang. Yeah. Can yeah. You are give you gonna us watch? Any... Uh, am any I gonna what? watch? <laughs> Uh, no no i wish i could watch but um what is it i actually have an oral presentation on monday so I, while i'm done well, with paper exams sorry yeah. yeah no i thought you i was gonna say i thought you were done oh yeah yeah so i'm done with paper exams so like the actual hard part is done but uh obviously i did a dissertation and um uh what is it they just want to do like as a part of the, every dissertation, you do an oral presentation. So it's yeah. what I'm doing on Monday. I mean, it's so funny because I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but it, in my second year at university, we did like some like public speaking module, like a mathematician mm -hmm. skill module. And the, <laughs> the person running it was like, Harry, you're one of the best public speakers in your year. And I was like, thanks <laughs> it's almost nice. like i do twitch but obviously i didn't tell yeah. them i was like oh thanks i, I have no clue why <laughs> but, no, yeah. yeah no it is a skill it's important I, I remember seeing someone mention it on on social media a, f a few weeks ago you know talking about streamers and content creators you know take maybe take acting lessons or talking lessons or be conscious and i haven't you know gone that far but it's definitely something i think about and try to to improve and you know I'll, I'll look at watch other streamers and see what they do well how they act how so try to incorporate you know little things here and there and um think about that stuff but yeah yeah but yeah so i got that so i will not be watching the what is it called pro tour mythic championship what yeah is it? new capina championship i actually get on i get on harry's case i'm gonna be like Harry, you're speaking with your hand in front of your mouth. Harry, you say like. And uh, I think a lot of time when we get tired, you know, whether it's you, me, maybe Pat even, the, you, you start hearing more likes or, <laughs> you know, like here, like there, you know, like everywhere. Yeah, It's kind of a plague. I'm not sure where like came from, actually. I wonder if it was always that way for, you know, before even for older people, older mm. generations, or if it's a very you know, internet thing to say like all the time, but, um... Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Do, do, did, um, does French have a similar bad habit? Yeah, I think it, I think it does. You say, I can't remember now, <laughs> but I'm sure it does, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's probably just human nature. I feel like you say words like these to keep, keep it, keep, uh, attention from the listener, right? Maybe. But, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's more the fact that I speak with confidence because a lot of people stand in front of lectures and then they're all obviously very nervous, right? So they kind of speak, you know, very low and whatever. Yeah. I think it's more that I just, whatever, I talk like whatever. But yeah, I got that on Monday, so I won't be watching. But after that, I will be back to YouTube. Um, nice. And will I be trying for the Pro Tour? I don't know. I was considering... Uh, spoiler alert! I had a I had a YouTube video idea, cause uh, what a, a clickbait title? Cause right now I'm thinking about clickbait titles and then making it a video. So I'm making thumbnails and titles, and then I make a video for the thumbnail and title, rather than making a video and then try and make a clickbait thumbnail and title. 
and I thought of a cool title called How I Got a Free Magic the Gathering Deck, something like this. Yeah. And uh, I just, like, after, like, two months of streaming, whatever, obviously you're going to make, like, whatever, 400 tickets, right, if you play enough. You just sell yeah. the tickets and then buy buy a deck off of Card Market, make it into a YouTube video. I thought that would be sick. And if I do that, then I'll have a paper deck for PPTQs. So I think I think that I probably will be trying to get on the pro circuit. And obviously, I want to go see my friends, not only hang out with you in person, but as well as um, other friends that have from Magic Across the World. So I don't know. I think a lot a lot to come for both of us over the next few weeks as well as pat being back on the podcast where because obviously with my school being done things will be more flexible so yeah exciting stuff we but i think we should end here if that's cool with you yeah i think it's time to put our life on the lines yes so it is now life on the line on the podcast for those new listening don't know what it is it's a theoretical tournament tomorrow if you win the event you live if you lose you die Got to bring a deck list from every format we talked about today, so that'll be Pioneer and Modern. I'll start things off, because I'm very uh, good at deciding these decks. I'm going to play Green and, Pi- and Pioneer, what a surprise. I have easily 25 leagues under my belt with that deck. Um, in Modern... I, um, I, I guess I got to go with Murktide with Ledger Shredder. I don't know exactly the distribution of creatures I would play, but I would definitely think of leaning harder on the shredder because of how well i've seen it perform in pioneer and obviously gab just said he thinks it could potentially be tier zero so logically i should go with that what about you gab yeah well modern you guessed it red murktide <laughs> for shredders and in pioneer no idea but i guess i would also try and play something worse for shredder in it so maybe phoenix for now you know keep it simple phoenix was for lighter shredder that version that made top eight and in one of the challenges, just four Phoenix, four Shredders, and then all spells. Makes sense. What about Pioneer? Yeah. That was Pioneer. Oh, I literally... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. I just heard... I was hearing Ledger Shredder, and I was like, oh, that must be... That must be Classic modern. Harry's probably just editing a YouTube video while <laughs> recording the podcast. No, Thinking no. about his ne- next clickbait title, his next viral tweet. <laughs> I wish. Sadly, I, I, I'm oper- I was up at 7 a.m. yesterday for my exam, stayed awake till 2 a.m., and then I woke up today at, at 7 again and went to the library, which was a, I think was a really dumb idea for this presentation, obviously. So I'm, I'm exhausted. But we got to do The Price is Right to thank Card Market as the sponsor of this episode or sponsor the podcast, I should say. What card should we do? I, I know the price of Ledger Shredder, sadly. So Yeah, I think I do too. So we should oh, pick something else. What about... It was actually more expensive than Ragavan on Magic Online. What? I'm not sure if it's still the case, but yeah, it was, it was, it was like 27 ticks, 42 ticks, 52 ticks, 62 ticks. And I think <sighs> it went back to 50. And I think Ragavan is around 50, but yeah, it's nuts. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hmm. How about the Ottawara? Have we done that before? No, kill. let's do. Okay. Let's do Ottawara. I have no clue what this would be. Okay, I I have a price. Yeah, I have a price too. Okay, three, two, one, seven. 
four euros. Okay, we're close. Because I think you don't play a ton of, you know, you play one or two. It's a rare from the last set. 30 day average price on cardmarket.com is 14 euros and 51 euro cents. You're kidding. Ottawa? Yeah, Ottawa, 14? Soaring City. 14. Wow. I always way overshot shot it, overshoot it. And for once, I was trying to be like, okay, wow. Okay, well, I got crushed. <laughs> to be fair, honestly, it, should, it shouldn't really count as a win if it's like double the price of what you guessed. <laughs> I yep. feel like it should be, you know, disqualifying for both of us being so far away <laughs> oh really because oh, okay yeah yeah but if you nah, guess not seven. if you win but <laughs> awesome okay well as always gab where can we find you on the internet hopefully winning uh the new capena championship this weekend on twitch.tv uh, slash magic awesome you can find me actually making content i've got um three youtube videos lined up to be released on the 23rd of May. So Harry's coming back and he's going to change forever the magic uh, YouTube game. I'm trying to. I'm editing. I'm editing in my free time. I haven't edited because of exams, but I'm editing these videos so, so much. So I'm really hoping it pays off because YouTube is honestly, I like to tell my, my non-magic friends, it feels like gambling sometimes. Because some videos, I'll put like 20 minutes of editing into it, and it'll get 10,000 views. Some videos I edit for five, six hours, you get like two. So, you know, it's 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 all what the algorithm and what people like. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yes and no, but I feel like once you get a good feel for what people like, if you're smart about it, it might not be what you wanted to do originally, but I feel like there is kind of formula, trends, what people like, ways to do, ways to improve and thing if you put in the hard work on YouTube as opposed to something like Twitch where you can stay to very few viewers and Twitch just not very rewarding. YouTube, I think, rewards you for smart choices and hard work and stuff. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. Well, I guess as always, if you made it this far into the episode, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening to the whole thing. And hopefully we'll catch you guys next week with Pat. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Take care, and we'll uh, see you next time.